All right, let's get our Bibles and let's get right into God's Word. And I know you're hungry because I'm hungry again. Man, I just love this Word. I love sharing the Word with you. Amen. I get fed again. I, I love it, man. Can't get enough of this Word. I know we used to sing differently when we was in the Word, in the world. But I'm talking about the Word now. Amen. Some of y'all know, know a little bit about that. Can't get enough for you. Amen. All right. Now, we were talking about how God perfected us and accepted us. All right. Let's say that with me. How God perfected us and accepted us. All right. We're talking about both now. He perfected us and he's accepted us. Now, this is why I, I said this morning... Uh, why do I need to get water baptized? If God already perfected me and God already accepted me, then what are you doing to me? You're causing me to not to believe what God has done. And I was guilty of that. I was absolutely guilty of that because I did it for many years because I thought I had, I supposed to baptize you when you came in here. That's what I was taught. I thought I was supposed to give you bread on the table because I had to make sure that you, you didn't have no sins. All your sin was forgiven you. See, all of this dealing with sin stuff, and that's what Christ already have done. And we've been playing church. I, I'm telling you, we've just been playing church for many years, but I'm serious now. My, when you get at my age, you, you don't want to play church no more. You know, like I said to the guy, you wake up dead. You don't want to wake up dead, praise God. All right, now we're going to get right into God's word. We're going to give you this leading verse one more time because that's my leading verse. Let's go to, let's go to uh, uh, Hebrew chapter 10, verse 9 through 14. Then you're going to take your seat. We're going to pray. Hebrew chapter 9. Hebrew chapter 10, verse 9 through 14. Thank you all so much for being here. It it's, it's, it's encourages me. Amen. You know, like Apostle Paul said, that I know that my labor is not in vain. Some of, you, some of you didn't know this, but yesterday was, like I said, this morning was a very busy day for me, uh, which, you know, some days a little more active than others, but I thank God for my youth. Some of y'all don't, don't know that, but that's been a prayer of mine that, that he, he will restore my youth. Yeah. So uh, if you play, if you think I'm, if you think I'm getting old, forget it. I mean, I do have some uh, some things that's fading away, but uh, but I'm so grateful to the Lord for my health. Now, one one day, one day, one day, I'm gonna come in here and give my testimony. One of these days, I'm going to come in here and give you, my, give you my testimony. And when you find out what God had done for your pastor, you're going to be like, oh, my God. You know, but the thing about it is when, I, when I'm preaching on the grace of God, I'm living the grace of God. Amen. Amen. I mean, I've been, I've been living the grace of God. I never really understood it like I do today. I'm, I'm understanding it better. You know what I mean? I'm not there. I haven't arrived. 
Now, in Hebrews chapter number 10, verse 9, that's where we're at. It says, then says he, lo, I come. Remember, God already talking about the law could not do it. Let's go back and do verse 1 and 2 with this teaching. I won't have to go back to later. Do 1 and 2, and then we're going to ship down to verse 9. Because the law could not save man. That's why Christ came. The law could not make man right with God. That's why Christ came. All right, now, in verse 1 and 2, it says, uh, for the law, having a shadow of good things to come, not the very image of the thing, can never with those sacrifices which they offered, year by year continually, make the common thereunto perfect. It could not make them perfect. Now, we know the word perfect means holy, righteous, complete. We already talk about without fear, without guilt. Could not make them that way. For then would they not have ceased to be offered. I mean, if it would have worked, we would have kept doing it, right? And it says, because that the worshipers, once purged, should have had no more conscience of sin. Now, you just think about it now. Are you telling me, people who water baptized, that get rid of your sins in your conscience? Really? Your soul is your conscience. So you're telling me when you water baptize somebody, it washes the sins out of your conscience? Now, everybody ought to know that don't work, right? Right. You're the witness to the truth. You, you are a witness to the truth. So when the truth is being spoken, that's when you say amen. Right. All right. Or agree with it anyway. All right. And verse number 10 says, I'm sorry, verse number 2. Now we go to verse 9. All right. So you should not have no more, con no more conscience of sin. That will otherwise you should have no more guilt, no more condemnation, right? No more fear if the Old Testament worked. If the Old Testament righteousness worked. Now, and in chapter 10 and verse number 9, then Jesus said, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. Because he knew what the Father wanted. I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first. He's talking about the Old Testament, the law. That he may establish the second, which is grace. By the which will we are sanctified because of the grace of God. We are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ, watch this, once for all. Once for all. Then in verse 11 it says, And every priest standing daily ministering and offering the same sacrifice, the same thing, the same sacrifice, bread on the table, wash your feet, and go get water baptized. Same thing. With those sacrifices, can never take away sins. But this man, Christ Jesus, oh, I love that verse. After he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, now you got to be able to, you can't sit there. There's no way in the world you can look at me and say that. One sacrifice for sin forever. Say it. One sacrifice for sin forever. What did he do? Set down on the right hand of God. From henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool or those who preach some of, some, something else. For by one offering, can you see it? Say by one offering, he has perfected. He didn't say he's going to. He has perfected forever. So you don't have to worry about this perfection ever running out. Them that are sanctified. Now let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your goodness, for your mercy, and for your love. Thank you for making a way for us. 
Thank you for you becoming the way yourself. Thank you for making us right with you. Thank you for washing away our sins. Thank you for taking away our guilt and our condemnation. Thank you for taking away our fear. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but love, power, and a sound mind. Thank you for making us your son. Thank you for giving us your, or making us your children. Thank you for giving us the Holy Spirit. Thank you for your sacrificial death. Thank you, Lord, for your resurrection. And we give you all the praise and all the glory now and all the grief that prayer says, amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Thank God for his goodness. Thank God for his mercy. Amen. Now, what I want to do today is I want to go right back in the word of God because I want to get right back in here because we talked about some things this morning that I am not going to try to go back over. I got too much information to do that. All right. Now, I gave you this in Hebrew chapter 10, and I told you we're dealing with three words. My subject, once again, I'm finishing the series that I did on Paul preached Christ. Say it with me. Paul, Paul. preached Christ. All right. Now, Paul preached Christ, volume 5, part 6. Now, we do six, te six teachings in each series, so that ought to give you 30 tapes after today. This is part six. Then I have to finish the series on eight reasons why God raised Jesus from the dead. The Holy Ghost still talking to me about stuff. I'm like, do I have to go back and say nine reasons? And before I get through, it'll be ten reasons? Somebody say amen. I never ever name eight anything or nine or ten because you never know when the Holy Ghost is going to stop. But that's what he has showed me before. Now he's showing me more. But anyway, it's all good. All right. Now, what I want to do, I want to do, I want you to write down three words because this is what I'm showing you. My subject, once again, is how God perfected us and accepted us. Then I showed you some scripture this morning that I'm not going to be able to go. I gave you Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 and 2. I'll give you that much. Get you, get you started on the right path. Now, if you haven't heard, we are on Facebook. On Facebook, there are... 2.8 billion people who have Facebook account. Now, my daughter called me on that one and gave me the good news. Praise the Lord. She over there was over there. There she is right there. Bishop Big Daddy daughter. Amen. Y'all have to get to know the girl. Amen. All right. Now, I got many daughters in here, so you know me. I, got, I mean, I call all of you my daughter because that's how I look at the people in this church. I look at my mothers and fathers and daughters and my brothers, you know what I mean? That's how we're church, we're family. Amen. You know, I, I, I want to I say this because I don't want to get no further. The Lord mentioned this to me when I was in my office and I saw her and I'm going to say that, that uh, uh, because of the word that has come in your life, uh, it has brought tremendous change in your life. And I don't know how to share with that, but I'm just going to say it and I'm going to shut up. Uh, the lady right here with the pink mask on. Because, yeah, you and uh, my brother there. But he said, because of the word that has come in your life, it has brought tremendous change in, in your life. And I, he told me, and there I'm going like, because I saw you this morning, but I, did, I couldn't say nothing. But he told me again, and I looked over there, I'm going like, okay, okay, I'm going to tell it, I'm going to say it now. Now, that's all I said. I don't get here trying to make nothing happen, but I just know that the Word of God has made tremendous change. This girl here is a, 
uh, Sister Melody is a lawyer. Okay, so, uh, so it's, it's an awesome, so when you pastor, as I am, I'm teaching nurses. I got a nurse, sister over here. All the nurses in here, wave your hand. I, we, got, we got a lot of nurses in this church. This sister right here is a nurse. Sister way back there, wait, Viverette is a nurse. Uh, we, how many nurses we got in this church now? I know we had nurse over here on the right corner. We got three, and just in this service, we got, we got several different nurses. And then I got my nurses. <coughs> and some of my nurses are nurses. Amen. But, I'm, but they still know, they take care of me. My nurses take care of me. Right, there you go. Right. That's why when I get in here in the morning, I get that same thing you get when you walk through the door. So I like that. All right. All right, let's move on. Now, but I'm saying this here because the word, the word of God will change, absolutely change your life. I got so much word in me right now, I just got to go to work. Huh. Jesus. Y'all don't know why I got this seat up here. I mean, if I don't sit down, I don't get nothing done. I, I be, so I got to sit down. You know what I mean? Okay. I'm going to get up again, though. All right. Now, Ephesians chapter 5. Let's go to verse uh, 1 and 2 there. Uh, Ephesians 5, Paul told in verse 1 for them to follow him. And then it says in verse 2, it's what I want to show you. He said, now walk in love as Christ has loved us, past tense, and has given himself for us an offering. And I told you this morning, that word offering is burnt offering. Now, it's very important to know the burnt offering because in, in Leviticus, you have, they're going to take, take all the offerings. I, I may just give you just a quick run because I'm not going to be able to stay there. But that's the burnt offering. Now, the burnt offering was that whole animal that they would put up on the altar and cook it with fire. That's the burnt offering. They burned that, that offering. All right. Then, and a sacrifice. See the difference? An offering and a sacrifice. Now, the sacrifice is the blood. So he took the blood out, poured it all around the altar. That was a forgiveness of sin. And then they ate the lamb. And you remember the, the night they came out of Egypt, they ate the lamb, but they put the blood of the doorpost. Everybody remember that? All right. Now, I gave you that, and I gave you also uh, Ephesians chapter 1, where Paul talked about that, and that was also in verse number 6 and 7. I'm moving fast because i got to get somewhere. Verse 6 says, To the praise of his glory, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he has made us accepted. You see that word accepted? He has made us accepted. And that's, see, these are the kind of things when God said to me, why are you baptizing him, Crump? What, what are you baptizing him for? Because I already made him accepted. I've already accepted him in Christ. That's what I did. So the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 6, he has made us accepted in the beloved. That's why God put all men in Christ at the cross and he created them a new creation. That's when God accepted me. Now what I need to do is hear the gospel, believe it, and receive what God has done in my life. Do everybody understand that? So if I don't, if I don't hear the word, believe the word, receive what God has done in my life, then everything God has done for me just has no merit. All right? Now, that's the word perfected. And verse number seven, in whom we have redemption. We know the word redemption is the same word as forgiveness because that redemption means the blood. 
So Christ washed us from our sin. That's redemption. Through his blood. The forgiveness of sin, but it's according to the riches of his grace. So here it is, Christ washed me from my sin according to the riches of his grace, and yet people are baptizing you, telling you to wash away your sins. Can't you see that that's religion? Religion always conform you. Said the law, conform man. Said grace, let's go show it to you. Two words, grace transforms. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Let me show it to you. You might want to put that in your note. The law conformed. That's why the Bible said, be not conformed to this world. Because that's what the law does. The law conform you. So in Romans chapter 12, the word conform means <coughs> make you like it. You remember what Jesus said to those people when they came to Jesus? Jesus said, you, 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 you get a convert and you make him the twofold child of hell than yourself. Remember that? All right, because that's what the law can do. The law, see, religion and tradition of men, when, if you go join a church where they believe in water baptism to be for your part of your salvation or eating the bread off the table that to do anything with your salvation or foot washing, all that stuff, you are being conformed to the world. They are making you like that church. And then when you end up going somewhere else, otherwise they're putting you back in bondage when Christ has made you free. That's what happened to the Galatia. That's what happened to Galatia. They went back to the law, back to works. All right? So Romans 12.1 is what I want to show you. It says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your bodies... A living sacrifice, watch how you present your body. Now, you got to hear this because he's not telling you to do nothing. Just present your body. God has already done the work. You present your body. How? A living sacrifice, God already made you alive in Christ. Holy, God already made you holy in Christ. And acceptable, God already accepted you. So all you need to do is present your body that way. Present your body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. You present your, your body. God already made you holy, acceptable. Do anybody see that? All right. Then it says in verse number two, and be not conformed to this world. Remember the word conform means to be like. Don't be like the world. Now, I'm going to say this here to you, but, well, no, I ain't going to say that to you. I don't want to lose no members. I don't want to lose you. <laughs> All right. To be like the world or pattern of the world. Don't follow the world's pattern. Now I can say it. Just because the world wear their knees out, you don't have to wear yours out. See, what we do is we see the world and they spend two or $300 on a pair of jeans that's already been turned in by somebody who has worn them all out. And then they sell them to you for twice or two or three times the money. And you go like, now anybody in here that's over 60 years old, I'm going to say, your mother would not even let you leave home with holes in your clothes. And now people are going buying them with holes. 
knees out, ankles out, hold everywhere. And we think that looks good. That do not look good from your pastor. I, I, I'm just being honest. Maybe you can call me old school or old fool or something. But that just ain't right for you to go spend $100 and $200 on a pair of pants for your child and they got holes all everywhere. You get new ones. That's why new ones are so cheap. Nobody wants to buy the one that ain't got no holes. I'm going to talk about it. I, I mean, I saw something the other day. I'm going to tell you. Sister Crump, if you hadn't seen it, all they had an, enough material to hang on a hook. And everything else was just string. Just, you know what I'm talking about? Wasn't no knees in it, no nothing. It was just, it was just shredded. They just took them and shredded them from the top to the bottom, all the way around. And people, that's what the people wore for the pants. I can't, I can't. It just freaks me out when I see it. How in the world can you buy a pair and somebody shred it all up? Let me move on. Let me move on. Be not conformed. Don't let the world be your example. But be transformed. Now remember, that's what law does, conform you. But be transformed. When the Bible talks about transform, he's talking about you are changed in the mind. You're changed in the heart. That's what God wants. He, 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 want, he don't want you to have to go through all this stuff in your flesh. You ain't improving. Uh, let, me, let me move on to my next verse. I don't need to be messed with that kind of stuff. All right. Now, that's perfected. This morning, I gave you Ephesians 5, 1 and 2. I gave you Ephesians 1, 6 and 7. And then also perfected me to be without blemish, to be without fault. And then I showed you Noah was a perfect man. I went to Abraham, and God told Abraham, walk before me and be thou perfect. And then I gave you Hebrew 9. Then I showed you in Luke 13, 32, that Jesus Christ had to be perfected. Then I showed you that in 1 Timothy 3, 16, he was justified. Then I gave you Romans 3, 24, so you have been justified. If you justified, you made righteous. Then I gave you Hebrew 9 and 9. He's talking about the conscience. God purified your conscience, Hebrew 9, 14, from dead works so you could serve the living God. Then I gave you Hebrew 10 and 1, Hebrew 10, 14, that the law could not do it. That's why God had to give us a new covenant. Now let's go to Galatians 2, 21. Let's pick it up there. It said the law could not do it. See, the law, the law means the natural thing that they did under the law, like Moses, like Moses did, like uh, the Passover, eating bread off the table. You can't do that today. But that's what we find ourselves doing because of the church did it. And that's why I told the Lord, I'm so sorry. Galatians 2.21. See, the law, could, the law cannot make you righteous. Otherwise, these works, that's what the law is, cannot make you righteous. Galatia, from the book of Galatia, chapter 2 and verse 21. My God Almighty. Galatia chapter 2 and verse 21. All right, here we go. It says, I do not frustrate the grace of God. The word frustrate means reject or refuse. I do not refuse or reject or frustrate the grace of God. 
if righteousness come by the law, then Jesus Christ is dead in vain. Think about what he said. If the law could make me righteous, why do we kill Jesus? You understand? It took Jesus to make us righteous. All right. Now here's another one. Galatians 3.21. You in this ministry, you probably heard these before. You probably will hear them again. Galatians 3.21. Is the law then against the promise of God? A promises of God? God forbid. Certainly not, it says. For it, if there had been a law given, if God had a law that could give life, then righteousness should have been by the law. God had no other choice, no other way to, to make us righteous. He had to give us his son. And here he is, God, the Father, has given us his son to make us righteous, and yet people don't want that. They want to go wash the water and baptism and say, now I'm right with God. See, that's what the Old Testament believer did. I mean, if you could be right with water baptism, why do we kill John the Baptist? We might have well just, God should have just kept him alive, let him baptize everybody. It don't work, it don't work in this dispensation. Now let's go to Colossians 1.28 and let's give you the answer. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 28. We're talking about the word perfected because I'm getting ready to get on the word accepted. And I have not even gotten to my message. I'm just giving you some... I'm going to make you happy. Colossians chapter 1, verse 28. When you get this, say amen. Colossians chapter 1, verse 28. To my Christ, whom we preach, one in every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we might present every man how? Perfect how? In Christ. So what, what happened when Paul, why is Paul preaching Christ? Because he wanted to make sure everybody knows that they are perfect in Christ. And I gave you the definition for the word perfect. It means complete. So let's go to Ephesians 2 and verse 10. So if we are complete in Christ, then we are perfect in Christ. Now, now knowing all of this, God knows if I had known all of this years ago, I would have never baptized. I would have never spent all that money building no pool back there. Amen? All right. Believe me. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. Wait, are you there? For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus on the good works, whereby God has ordained that we should walk in them. So God has already created us in Christ Jesus. We are created in Christ Jesus, a new creation. We already taught that. Let me move on. Now, he has accepted us. The word accept means to bestow grace upon. Let's show you that. Luke one twenty eight. See, we think that, and this is what people think. They think that this person is the only person that God has put grace upon. As a matter of fact, when you talk about the word highly favored, the only somebody to think about is this person in the Bible. And Sister Applewhite will tell you in a minute, her whole thing is highly favored. If y'all know her on Facebook, see, I look at my wife's Facebook. The day it was gone, I didn't know how to get it back. I had to call my son. I said, Facebook gone off my phone. He said, Paul, Paul, you have to go here and bring it, slide it back down. 
You know I don't know, right? So, <laughs> you know what I mean? But thank God for the young people. That's why we got them on these cameras. That's why we got, they know what's going on. Amen. That's why we got them at work. They, they know this stuff. Working back there in the back. They know how to do this stuff. Amen. All right. So when you don't have, your phone don't work, don't sit there and bother you all night. I can't get this. Just call your youngest child. Huh? Okay. I go back to that. Colossians 2.10. Oh, now here's Luke. Let me show you that. Luke chapter 1. Now, let's look at verse 26, 27, 28, can we? 26, 27, 28. Watch this. Now, watch what it says. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin spouse to, be, to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, watch this, Hail, thou art highly favored. Look at somebody and say, Hello. Thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Now, that's a man. You blessed art thou among men. Now, watch this. What does the word mean, Pastor? Thou art highly favored. It's the same word that I just gave you, perfected. That's why I save it. I'm sorry, accept it. Accept it. Because I'm getting ready to get into the word accept it. The word accept it means to bestow grace upon. So when God has accepted you, he has done what? He has bestowed grace upon you. Here's another one. Ephesians 1 and 6 already showed you God has made us accepted. This, this word also means God has bestowed grace upon. God has made you highly favored. So every one of us in Christ are what? We are highly favored. So it's not just that person. That's what it means. So if you go back and look at that's what I did already. I, I'm a student. I go study words. God has made us highly favored. That's an awesome thing, right? Remember, it said the law conforms, grace transforms. All right. Now, we're going to go back to... Colossians, because that's what I left and I didn't supposed to leave. Colossians chapter 1, first, 21 and 22. Let's go back there. Then we do Colossians 2, 10. Colossians 1, 21. After that, I'm going to be able to get my message. Praise the Lord. Because I want to show you a lot of types in the Old Testament, and you're going to be able to see. All right? Now, in the book of Colossians, chapter 1, verse 22 and verse 23. So that's why I'm sitting down so I can get something done. Praise the Lord. Colossians chapter 1. Verse 21 and 22. Just those two verses. And you, are you there? And you that were sometime alienated, enemies in your mind by wicked works. Remember, we were enemies in our mind by the wicked works, because Hebrews 9, 14 said God delivered us from those wicked works, remember? All right. And you who were sometime alienated and the enemies of your mind by wicked works, now has he reconciled. Now, I didn't add reconciled in my teaching, my other teaching, because I did a teaching on reconciliation. 
Because when God reconciled you, he brought you back to God. All right? Now watch this. He reconciled us in the body of his flesh. See, people trying to do it, people trying to do it in their service on Sunday morning. But God reconciled man in the body of his flesh to present us holy. So I, I want to know why people get water baptized. I wish somebody would tell me, because is it to make you holy, unblameable, unreprovable? Because that's what God did. And those same words mean holy, pure, and faultless. So in the NLT, they break them down. Holy, pure, and faultless. So God in, on the cross, in the body of his flesh, through death, he did it to present us holy, pure, which is unblameable, and unreprovable, which is faultless in his sight. He already did it. Now to go to Colossians 2.10. Is anybody hearing, hearing me this morning? Can't you see what religion does? All religion does is try to imitate. I, I, I had a brother say something with me this, to me this morning, and I didn't say anything, but I'm going to say it now. Now, you know who, who you were that said this to me because I don't remember who said it to me. That's how many people I talked to in a day, right? But you said, every time God do something, the false prophet imitated. Something like that you said. Who were you? Who were you talking to me? That's how many people. It was you, brother, who said what you told me. Okay. The magicians try to do it. Remember when Moses went into Egypt, every time he would do something, the magician tried to do it too? That's how it is. And you got to know when you're being ministered to by a true man of God and not a magician. The imitator. Colossians 2.10. Now, let's start verse 8. Bag of the verse 8. Thank you, honey, for this verse. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 8. Here we go. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy, vain deceit, after tradition of men. Now I'm telling you this because you can go sit up in those churches and you're going to get water baptized. That's all you're going to hear. You don't think nothing else in the whole church but water baptism. At a funeral, for God's sake, they talk about, I'm glad they were water baptized. Oh my God. You're going to let that man go to hell, and now you're going to get up here on the funeral and still talk about I'm glad he was in, 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 got water baptized. When that person's family find out what happened, they're they coming over there. <laughs> Beware lest any man spoil you after tradition of men, the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. For in Christ dwell all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And here it is, verse number 10. And you are complete in Christ. Perfected. You are complete, perfected in Christ. Which is the head of all principality in power. All right. Now let's move on. Because I got, I got to get somewhere right now. All right. Now let's go to 1 Corinthians 5, 7, and 8. 1 Corinthians chapter 5. In verse 7 and 8. 1 Corinthians 5. 
Just give him a bottle, he'll be all right. First Corinthians 5, that's how my granddaughter do. Just give him a bottle if you can, okay. Hmm. Can't say it no other way. They can't do nothing but cry if you give them that bottle. Okay, I'm all right. First Corinthians 5, we say, we straight. First Corinthians 5, 7, 8. Purge out therefore the old leaven that you may be a new lump as you are unleavened. For even Christ, now watch this. People are still going to churches, eating the Passover off the table. You know why they do that? Because they see that being done on television every day for the last hundred years. They've been doing it longer than that. They go all the way back to Peter. Now you're doing it in your church. That's why I ask people, why are you doing it? I wish somebody would have helped me and set me down and said, Pastor, you don't need to do that. And show me in the word. Watch what it says. What verse I just gave you? Just want to see how you're with me. First Corinthians chapter 7 says, Purge out therefore the old leaven that you may be a new lump as you are unleavened. For even Christ our Passover is what? Sacrificed for us. Christ is our Passover. Can anybody feel what I'm saying here? Christ is your Passover. Well, if Christ is my Passover, he has already been sacrificed for me. So why do I need to take the Passover off the table again? What does it supposed to do to me? It's supposed to sanctify me? He's already been sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Let's keep going, because I want to get somewhere. Now, why is the answer? Why? Let's go to 1 Corinthians 2, 1 through 5. Now, why is the truth? 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 1 through 5. Why you there? Why what I'm talking about preaching Christ? Why it's so important? Here's the answer. Verse number five. First Corinthians chapter two, verse five. I'm not gonna be able to read the rest of it. My time. Go down to verse five. That your faith, this is why God wants me to preach Christ to you, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men. Say it with me. That my faith would not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Now, how many know Christ is the power of God? Right. So God, God wants your faith to be in the power of God, not in the wisdom of men. Here's another reason. Let's show you this. This is what Peter said to the church of God. The same thing. First Peter chapter 1, verse 21. Peter said the same thing to the church of God. Remember, Paul preached to the Gentiles. Peter preached to the church of God. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 21. Why preach Christ? Verse 21. Who by him do believe in God. By Christ, this is how you believe in God. That raised him from the dead 
and gave him glory, why did he do it? That your faith and hope might be in God. See, if you don't believe in Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, you don't have your, nothing, your faith in nothing. You talk to most people and you say, well, that's why Jesus asked, asked, said to them, where's your faith? Otherwise, what is your faith in? How many know if you're going to a church that, that preached water baptism for salvation, how many know where your faith is? I've been baptized. Sister Bracewell, I give her that mic right now. I've been to the water, and the water was cold. <laughs> Am I lying? That's what, we used to sing stuff like this in this church. I mean, it was so into the thrill of my soul. Now, what is water baptism going to do something to your soul? Yeah, it was cold. But people teach it because they think it do something for your salvation, and it does not do nothing for your salvation. Just so sad. And especially you get all this word out here. All you do is go do a faith at Comcast.net. Let me move on. I think I said it right, did I? Doorfaith.org. Okay. See that one? See what I mean? <laughs> Let's leave that alone, Rose. Somebody say, examine. All right. Now, we're going to move that because I want to take it to Leviticus chapter 4. Let's do 14. Leviticus 14 and verse 10. Here we go. Thank you. We're finally getting here. Leviticus chapter 14 and verse 10. I love teaching the word. As a matter of fact, when I was teaching Bible class, I was teaching the book of Genesis and Exodus, you remember that? And I love teaching the word. I love teaching the Old Testament and New. When you got the revelation, you know you can teach it now. Let me go back to my camera over here. Leviticus chapter 14 and verse 10. When you, go, when you get that, say amen. I'm all right. Leviticus 14, 10. On the eighth day, he shall take two he lambs or male lambs without blemish. Somebody say without blemish. Now remember, they had to take lambs in the old covenant and they had to be without blemish. Now that word blemish means without fault, without guilt to us. Them were blemishes. They could not serve a lamb with blemishes. It had to be without blemish. It had to be one ewe lamb of the first year without blemish. And then they added the, 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 the meal with it, which was called the meat offering. But I'm not going to go to that today. I'm just going to do verse number 10. Now let's go and show you that. And go back to Leviticus chapter number 1. And let's show you a verse. Leviticus chapter 1. You can read these chapters later. But I want to show you. These are the chapters in Leviticus that give you all of the offerings. In Leviticus chapter 1, you ought to see burnt offering. Are you looking at your Bible? If sell all you have. Leviticus, the first chapter, is about burnt offering. It'll tell you all about burnt offering. I'm going to read the first four verses. Leviticus chapter 1, verse 1 says, And the Lord called Moses and spake to him out of the tabernacle of the congregation, saying, 
Speak to all the children of Israel, say to them, If any man of you bring an offering unto the Lord, you shall bring your offering of the cattle, the herd, or the flock. If his offering be a burnt offering of the herd, let him offer a male without blemish. Can you see always without blemish? He shall offer it of his own voluntary will at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation before the Lord. Now this is when somebody has done wrong. Somebody has done wrong, now they got to use the animal to pay for their sacrifice, to pay for their sin. Do everybody understand that? Say the animals pay for their sin. Now what you're going to see is God is not going to look at them. He's not going to examine them. He's going to examine the animal. Do anybody hear what I'm saying? Christ, I'm going to show you in a moment, it was examined. Christ did not examine you. He told you examine yourself. Prove your own self. No, you're not your own self. But, but when it came down for being examined, they examined him. Why? Because you never, God never examined the person to see who righteous. He examined the offering. See, you're going to see how good God is. He's a wise God. So when your offering, which is Christ, is perfect, then that makes you perfect because my offering speaks for me. Yes, sir. Watch verse 4. We're in Leviticus 1 and 4. He shall put his hand upon the head of the burnt offering. Not you. It shall be accepted for him. It shall be accepted for him to make an atonement for him. So the animal made an atonement for me because it was a perfect lamb. And because my lamb was perfect, God looked at me and told me, okay, your lamb has paid for your fault. Go in peace. So when any man did anything wrong, they went to the priest with a lamb, with a goat, with an offering. And they would take that offering and make the inspectant. Now, I'm going to show you that's exactly, go to Luke 23. That's exactly what they did to Christ. Luke 23 and verse 1, I mean uh, verse 4, because I'm not going to spend no time on these. I'm just going to give them to you. You can study them later. Leviticus, I'm sorry. The Gospel of St. Luke. The Gospel of St. Luke. Now, we want to look at the Gospel, chapter 23. Now, you see your neighbors in another book. Help, help them out. If they're over there somewhere in Isaiah, just help them out. They don't know right now. See, I wish somebody had told me that when they were asking me. I'm going like, what? where's Luke? You know, then, then you got the preacher who wouldn't help me out over there somewhere in Luke. Now, what do I supposed to do with that? And then he said, I know y'all read that before. I'm going, I ain't never read nothing. All I know was Jesus. Well, some of y'all ain't got that. I'm going to have to teach y'all my first scripture. <laughs> That's the first scripture I learned. 
Every Sunday, I get up in the, up in the uh, church, and they would ask me, say, Earl, what you learned this week? I would stand up and say, Jesus wept. That was it. <laughs> I can see why he wept too. <coughs> Excuse me. Luke chapter number 23 and verse 4. Are you there? Then said Pilate to the chief priests and to the people, here it is, I find no fault in this man. Remember, they're examining Jesus now. They bringing him before he was crucified. They took the lamb out, just like they do in the book of Exodus. Now they're going to examine the lamb. But they said, we didn't find no fault in him. Well, if they didn't find no fault in him, let's go check, check another place. Go to verse 13. Skip down there, verse 13. And Pilate, when he called together the chief priests and the rulers of the people, they said to him, you have brought this man unto us as one that perverted the people. And behold, I have examined him before you and have found no fault in this man touching the things whereof you accuse him. He was without sin. They examined him, no fault. They could not, they, well, he, he, did, he broke the law, he did, no fault. But he had to be examined because he was the lamb. I mean, hear what I'm saying. You had to examine the lamb because he's going to pay for our salvation. Now, watch what he's going to say. In verse number, I'm going to read some more of this. In verse 15, no, not yet Herod. Herod has found no fault in him. Paulus, I found no fault in him. And then I sent you to him, and lo, nothing worthy of death is done on this man. He said, look, I'll tell you what I do. I chastise him, and I'm going to release him. For necessity, he must release one of the, them to the feast. And they cried at once, saying, Away with this man. Release us, Barabbas. Barabbas? Do you know what he did? Who for a certain sedition. Now, this is the key. God is going to examine Jesus not going to find no fault, but they're going to release Barabbas. Now, you know why I'm saying Barabbas? Because that's us. We were the one with all the mess. And we walked away. And the man who they kept and crucified. Oh, see, you don't. If you're going to ever clap, that was the whole thing. They found no fault in that man, but he was the offering so Barabbas can go free. Now look at, look, look at Barabbas' situation here. But when I saw it, it's just like, my God, oh Earl Barabbas. They cried out at once saying, away with this man. Release us Barabbas. Who for a certain sedition made in the city for the murder, he was cast into prison. Now, here's a man who was a murderer in prison. Pilate, therefore, willing to release Jesus, spake again to them, saying, but they cried, crucify him, crucify him. And he said to them the third time, why? Why 
Do I crucify Jesus and let Barabbas go? They didn't know. But there was Earl Barabbas, who God let go. And Earl Barabbas had done all kind of mess. But God said, get out of here and go home. Come on, get a lot of praise, hallelujah. It was Jesus who set you free. But he did it through his death. He said to them the third time, why? What evil has he done? And again, I found no cause of death in him. I will therefore chastise him and let him go. But they overpowered him saying, crucify him, crucify him. And they crucified our Lord. But it was the only way but robbers could go free. Hello, Barabbas! Can anybody see it? They examined the, the lamb, not Barabbas. Just want you to see. This is an awesome thing when I, when I look at this. God examined the lamb. Now, I found no fault. All the books said that. But go to Hebrews chapter 8, verse 7. I'm going to show you the reason why God gave us a new covenant. He found fault with the old covenant. You know what it was? It couldn't make man righteous. The whole Old Testament could not make man righteous because man couldn't keep it. So God had to make a new covenant that could make man right with God. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 7. Man, when you see this thing, it's just like how wise God is. That's what I see. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 7. If the first covenant had been faultless, wait till you get there. If the first covenant had no fault, if the first covenant had been faultless, then should, there should be no place sought for a second covenant. If the first covenant could make you right with God, we would not have needed a new covenant. For finding fault with them, talk about the old covenant. He said, behold, the days come, said the Lord, I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. You got in through the house of Judah. Christ was of Judah. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them out by the hand and led them out of Egypt, because they continue not in my covenant, and I regarded them not, said the Lord. For this covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, and I would put my laws into their minds. I'm going to do it. I'm going to write them in their hearts. I'm going to do it. I will be their God and they shall be my people. They should not have to teach every man his neighbor to no more know the Lord. They're not going to have to say that. All going to know me from the least to the greatest because I'm going to be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins. And, don't drop your cup. And their sins and their iniquity will I remember no more. Somebody ought to get a Lord some praise this time. Come on, come on, this, this is a good time. All the stuff we've done, God says, I don't remember. God. All 
the stuff that I've done in my life. Shouldn't be sitting here and God says, I qualified you. I don't remember what you've done, son. I don't remember no more. Oh, somebody give the Lord some praise in this place. Nobody got to tell you about what you've done. God said, I don't remember no more. Because it's the blood. He remember the blood. Somebody say amen. I'm going to close out with this one. First King 18, 20. First King 18 and 20. Oh my God. First King chapter 18 and verse 20. Right after the Samuel's. First King 18. Verse number 20. Oh my God. 1 King 18, 20. Ahab said unto all the children of Israel, gather the prophet together to Mount Carmel. Somebody said, we going to Mount Carmel. And Elijah came unto the people and said, how long ought you between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. If Baal is God, then you follow Baal. And the people answered, not a word. Elijah said to the people, I even I only remain the prophet of the Lord. Baal prophets of 450. Let them therefore give us two bullocks. Let them choose one and I'll choose the other. But I want you to cut it in pieces. Lay it on wood. But here's the key. Don't put no fire under it. We're going to show you who God is. I'm going to come on this side. I'm going to show you who God, don't put no fire on it. Because if it's a burnt offering, God got to burn it himself. We're going to show you who God is. Somebody said, don't put no fire on it. He said, I will dress it and I'll take the other bullet and I will put no fire on it. We're going to have lamb, goats on the altar, but it won't put no fire. He said that I want you to call on your gods with an S. And then I'm going to call on the name of the Lord and the God that answers by fire, just let him be God. Somebody said he's God. Yeah. Yes, sir. And they said, we, you've spoken well. That's what we'll do. Verse 25, it says, Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, choose you a bullock for yourself. Dress it. Call on the name of your God. Don't put no fire in there. They call on Baal. And the Bible says, but there was no voice. Baal hears, they said. There was no voice. Nor anybody answered. And they leaped up on the altar, which they made, broke it down. Baal ain't said nothing. Came to pass at noon that Elijah mocked them and said, well, cry aloud. If he's a God, Maybe he's talking to somebody. Maybe he's pursuing somebody. Or maybe he's on a journey. That means he's using the toilet. Pre-adventure, he's asleep. Maybe you got to wake him up. Because the God we serve never sleep. And they cried aloud and they cut themselves. And after the manner with the knives and latchets, 
till the blood gushed up on them. He came to pass when midday was past. They began to prophesy to the time of the offering of the even sacrifice. They feel like they didn't work. They began to prophesy. Nothing worked. There was no voice. Nobody answered. Nor any of that regarded. Nobody cared. Elijah said to the people, come near. All the people came there. He says, repair their altar. Put it back up. It's all broken down. He took the 12 stones, according to the children of Israel. He says, with verse number 32, he built an altar in the name of the Lord. He made a trench round about it, as great as would obtain two measures of seed. He put wood upon the altar, cut the bullocks in pieces, laid all the meat up on the woods, and said, fill four barrels of water, pour it up on the burnt offering on the wood. Do it the second time. Do it the third time. And the water ran all around the altar, verse 35, and filled the trench about the water. He came to pass at that time of the evening sacrifice. Elijah, the prophet, came near and said, Lord God, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, let it be known this day that you are God of Israel and that I have done these things as your servant. I've done all these things at your word. Hear me, O Lord. Have mercy, O Lord. This people may know. I want you to do this for me because I want the people to know that thou art the Lord God and that thou hast turned their hearts back again. Then the fire fell from heaven Consume the burnt offerings. Consume the wood and the stones and the dust. And he licked up the water that was in the trenches. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they, and they said, the Lord, he is the God. Somebody said, the Lord, he is the God. And Elijah said to them, we're not done. Take them 450 prophets. I don't want one to escape. And he killed every one of them. See, it's the lying prophets and people who don't know the word that keep you from believing God's word. Look, my time is already over. I thank you for yours. And the door of faith is open unto you. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord, if you have not received God's salvation by grace, need to receive his son. Because everything God has given you has to be through faith. Christ died for your sins. He's buried and God raised him from the dead. You can receive him in your heart right now. Change your life forever. My time is up. I thank you for yours. The door of faith has been opened unto you. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, 
be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.